Hi everyone, I'm Delphina Correa from Be Made Whole and today I want to talk about um, how to conduct a difficult conversation. Uh, I, in fact, uh, I think all of us have, have had difficult conversations that we've had to uh, deal with at some other point in our lives and um, I'm sure that right now as I'm speaking to you there's a difficult conversation that you know you need to have that you maybe haven't had yet or that you could be putting off because of the challenge of it and today I want to just give you a few uh, tools that will help you to uh, deal with difficult conversations. Uh, before I begin I just want to give credit to uh, John Maxwell um, a lot of the information I have has been um, is information that I have uh, learned from John Maxwell and the John Maxwell team. And in the description of the video, you will find any links related to uh, John Maxwell or any of my links and anything that's uh, that goes with this uh, recording. So let's begin um, how to conduct a difficult conversation. Um, before I begin, I just want to differentiate uh, be, uh, different ways of communicating. Uh, there are three types of um, people when it comes to communication or speaking, uh, having a dialogue with someone. You get a good talker and a good talker uses the right words. They, they're very clear on their words. Everyone knows exactly what they mean. There's no misunderstanding in the way they speak because they're very clear. They use the right words. Um, but that's not really the best um, uh, communicator. The, uh, you can go a step higher and, and be a good communicator, not just a talker. A good communicator uses their words right. They know how to spring it across. They have the, the ability to speak to someone in such a way that the person will receive what they're saying. They know when to say it. They, they, they know how to come across and that's a good communicator and it's great, but there is a higher level than just communicating. And uh, that is connecting. A good connector builds a relationship. They work on the relationship. It's not about me trying to say something or get a specific message across or about me trying to get that person to hear what I have to say. A, conne a good connector is someone who takes it from the perspective of the one they're speaking to and they say, I want to meet you where you're at. I want, I want to help you. I want to look after our relationship. I want to build a relationship. And that, that is how, uh, where you can see the difference between someone who knows how to conduct a difficult conversation and someone who uh, isn't, doesn't have those skills because this is when you really see if, if a person is a good connector or not, if they can connect, if they can work that conversation around the... Um, the relationship which is the most important thing so let's have the scenario here we've got a situation we need to have this difficult conversation with someone so what's the first thing you've got to remember uh, before i begin actually the the points that i've got here the nine main points they uh, the first few points the the first five or so you could say that could be more or less in that order, depending on the conversation or the you know the circumstances. But generally, you'll find those. And the last few points that that's not so order specific, but you know you've got to adapt it to the conversation that you're going to have. People are different, and sometimes you're dealing with a difficult person and a difficult conversation. That complicates it. So 
So you're wanting to um, uh, do what's going to work so that you can um, solve the problem or whatever the thing is you're talking about so you can come to a point of solution. And uh, when you get to the solution that, you, that you've guarded the relationship as well. Okay, so the first point is now you've got to have this conversation. So what's the first thing you've got to remember? Uh, you've got to meet as soon as possible and privately. Um, I say privately because some people are not very shy or they don't get embarrassed easily. And you can just say a thing when, when you want to say it. Um, but you get people, if, you, if you're thinking of that other person, you've got to consider and say maybe that will be embarrassing for them or maybe they'll feel ashamed let me rather speak to them privately. So you're thinking of the other person. I'm not someone who gets shy very easily or embarrassed very easily. So uh, I, I've got to always think, wait a minute, that might be embarrassing for that person. It doesn't come naturally to me because by nature, I don't get uh, embarrassed easily. So I normally wouldn't think of it. So I've got to intentionally do it. I've often said things to people um, in public and then afterwards I've realized, oops, I, I actually um, embarrassed them. So um, when you... Um, when you are, uh, when you before you speak, think of if you're going to embarrass them or not. Um, then, uh, as soon as possible. Why as soon as possible? Uh, the reason why you do it as soon as possible is because um, if you leave something longer, first of all, if there's anything that needs to be remembered, uh, you know, memory fades over time, so people don't always remember all the facts of the situation. Um, Secondly, very often if we procrastinate, we end up not dealing with it. And uh, we don't want to end up doing that. It just goes under the rug and then next time it, something happens again and then it just builds up and builds up. So uh, doing it as soon as possible, not necessarily immediately, but at least in the next few days, attend to it. Some people are better to speak to after they've cooled off. You know, if there was a, some kind of a heated situation, they might it might be better to wait till they've cooled off. So... When I say as soon as possible, it doesn't mean like right there on the scene. It just means the first opportunity that you get after that. So um, I just want to quote someone, um, Albert Schweitzer, who said an interesting thing. He said, truth has no special time of its own. The time is now always. And what was he saying? Um, he's not saying you must do everything immediately. But what he is saying is don't procrastinate. That's important because... If, if something is a validated point, if it's truth, uh, then it needs to be addressed. Okay, so um, once we've established that, now we know we've made the appointment, we're getting ready to speak, or we've let them know we need to speak to them about something, then the next thing we've got to do is you've got to assume uh, good motives. Um, now, what does that mean? Well, it's, well, it's obvious what it means, but it, it's, it's two-sided, not just the one. That when you say assume good motives, you always think of the other person. Believe the best of that person. Believe that there wasn't an evil intent. Um, now, some things people do are obviously an evil intent, but I'm talking about most situations where a person just has a habit that's causing a problem. They have a certain way of doing things. And so you've got to assume that that person didn't do it with the intention to cause a problem. And when it comes to assuming good motives, it's not just assuming uh, their motives, but for me, I must assume or take on a good motive. I mustn't go in there with my guns blazing, ready to put them on their place, and I just want to sort them out. I should be going there with the right motive of, you know what, there's a problem. It's not the person, it's there's a problem. And the problem is the thing we, we are addressing. And that's what we want to deal with. We want to get the problem out of the way 
and the motive is I'm dealing with it. Uh, the problem is the problem, not the person. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So, and I'm not trying to prove a point or prove that I'm right. I'm just going in there. I want to protect the relationship because often when situations happen where you've got to have these difficult conversations, the relationship has already been hurt from one or both sides or it, by the confrontation or the con this, this conversation that you've got to have, it might hurt the relationship. So I'm going in there. I want to protect the relationship. So my motive is in that line rather than just getting it off my chest or venting or proving that I'm right and they are wrong and and or accusing of or you know coming with that kind of angle okay so now my heart's right I've set my heart right they know we're going to have this meeting my heart is prepared and now I'm going to begin speaking to the person so now before we start speaking uh, I think that person might already know that this is going to be a difficult conversation so now they want they, they might already be on the back foot ready to defend themselves so i don't want it to become a war of words or arguing and i don't want them to just become defensive while i'm speaking i want them to i don't want them to be thinking of the answer they want to give i want them rather to be hearing what i'm saying so i've got to prepare them for that so i want their heart to be open to what i'm saying so what I, the way I do that is I validate them first. So you go into the conversation and you start the conversation saying, um, listen, I've got to talk about something that's really important, but I just need you to know that this is not, I'm not trying to find fault with you or pick on you. I'm on your side. And I don't, it's not you. It's just the, it, a problem has arisen by something you've done, but I, I'm not trying to point the finger at you. I'm just dealing with the problem. Uh, you're not the problem. Um, I, I'm on your side. We're on the same team. Um, and and express your that your desire for to have things to have the relationship always intact, so that they know. So now, before you start talking about the problem, they already feel validated. They don't feel like they are the problem. They feel like there's a pro there is a problem, but it's almost it's almost as if it separates them from the problem. Um, John Maxwell said an interesting thing. He said, treat people as though they were where they ought to be and you'll help them become what they are capable of becoming or what they could become. Now think about that. If you treat them as, as if they have value, then it makes them feel valuable and it, um, it, um, it, it gives them more. It's almost like it... it, um, it encourages them to to want to be better to want to change something if if they've had a wrong behavior that's caused a problem it puts that desire in them and no but i want to change it i want to improve things it just puts that out there which would and they will grow from that it will help them to grow and then they can become what they're capable of becoming so you've got to treat them like they have value even though they, they've caused this problem that you are dealing with in the conversation now that you've said that they've now they are now not the problem, and then you've got to come show them that you're committed to helping them. You've got to say you've got to literally say, "Listen, I want to let's work together. Let's uh, I want to help you. I don't want to I don't want uh, to find fault with you. I don't want to pick on you. I want to help you. Uh, let's work together to try to you know change something here that so that we don't have this negative outcome that we're getting. So that is the 
the, 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 the stance that they see from you. So now they don't feel alone. It's not, they're not the problem anymore. They are now part of the solution. And that also builds people up to become more than where they, what they are at the time of this conversation. So now that you've, uh, now that you're both on the same page and they're, they're ready to hear what you have to say, now you begin to talking about, uh, begin talking about the problem. So when we start to address the problem, now at this point is where you can have things in different orders, you know, um, because uh, it, it would depend on the conversation. So important fact to remember, important point to remember, um, when I talk about the problem, I shouldn't be saying things like always and never, because that is just going to, you know, always and never. You never really know if it's always and never. If they, you can't tell someone they always do something or never do something, because when you're not around, you don't know if they did or didn't do it. So uh, we don't use phrases like that, because that just, cre it, it shuts the door to the communication. Um, when you talk about the problem, be specific about your observation, specific things that happened. This is what I saw you do, and this was the result. Specific behavior, no assumptions, no generalizations. Don't allow uh, assuming or generalizing to, um, to interfere with what you're saying. Because uh, assumption is a, is a terrible thing. Someone said once, um, assumption, and we all do it. Uh, if you've done it, you're not the only one. Everybody has a tendency to assume. And uh, this is what they said. They said, um, uh, assumption is the mother of destruction or something to that effect, words to that effect. Uh, and it's true, um, especially in relationships, assumptions cause so many problems because we assume someone's motive or why they did what they did. And uh, it's uh, most of the time we're, we're off track. We're thinking according to the way we would have done it. And it's not always the same. In fact, most of the time it's not the same. Um, a good way to also uh, not assume, um, and this might help you, is when people have done really uh, wrong things, and, and to you it seems so nonsensical, you know, why would you even do that? Um, it doesn't make any sense uh, to you, but yet someone went and did it. Um, uh, always ask yourself, what happened before that happened? What made them do things like that? What what it's like people who commit terrible crimes you know they weren't born uh, they weren't born uh, evil but they became evil in their ways and but they were born innocent but then when they were born they were they were pure without sin um, and uh, but life something happened in their lives that made them become what they became and do what they did uh, so it's the same with anything when people do things most of the time the motive is 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 not evil, but there's things that have happened that have brought that on. And often in a difficult situation, uh, it's more than just that act. It's been a process of things happening that came to that point, which we'll address now. Now, so now that you've um, you've said this is what happened, you this is what you did, and then be very clear. The next thing is there must be a consequence. What happened? Explain the negative result of what they did. What happened? Uh, after they did that. You see, if there's no negative um, outcome from what they did, then there's no conversation to have. You see, people have habits. We've all got ways that, I mean, someone can irritate me um, uh, in a certain way that they have, but that's not a requirement for a difficult conversation. That's just me getting irritated. 
but there has to have been a consequence to their behavior that is negative. And that is, that's the justification of this conversation that you're having. You want to address that negative outcome that happened, that, that was a result of something they did. So you, uh, uh, just to recap, you go uh, specific behavior, specific, and because of that behavior, this is what was the, the outcome was of that behavior. So that it's very clear cut and, and you're focusing always on uh, the, the behavior and the outcome. The behavior, like, well, not you this and you that. This is what happened and this was what I saw as a result. You stay focused on the situation and that you don't end up attacking the person and have their character and then it becomes a personal thing that leads to arguments and that you never you don't solve the problem that way so it's not worth it so now that you've said that you've now told them this is what happened and that's that was the outcome and now you ask them for their side of the story and this is what i said earlier on about uh, there's a reason why a person sometimes does things something happened before that when they give you their side of the story you're now going to see their perspective and a lot of your assumptions you might have had before, you might notice, oh, it's, they're going to change now because suddenly now you're seeing a different angle. You're seeing what the buildup was to them doing that. There could have been other reasons why that happened. Um, and uh, uh, suddenly your all those assumptions you might have had, will just uh, a lot of them will probably just fall away because now you've got more concrete facts of what really happened when they give you their side. Every story, every confrontation, every problem, every situation that involves people always has more than one side to the story. There are always at least two sides, at least, to a story, especially when they're opposing um, a situation where there's two people that oppose each other regarding something. That is two sides, always two sides, never, never one-sided. And... Um, so now that you've seen that you've now given your side of the story, they've given their side of the story, what's next? Okay, let's let's talk about solutions now. We don't want to talk about the problem all the time. There's no point talking about this problem. You're having this conversation to talk about a problem with the purpose or the intention of solving the problem. You want to find a way now that you can overcome this, that it doesn't happen again. So how do you start with that? Um, the way to start, because remember, you've offered to help now, so you've got to find a point of agreement somewhere along the line. In that whole scenario, you might not agree, you might have different opinions, but find a point of agreement that you can start from to work together to solve this. The, the, most, the, 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 first, the easiest thing that you can do together. And you'll find when you start with that, as the situation unfolds, uh, you will find more and more agreement as you work towards the solution. But you start at one point. And then you have a plan. Have a plan of action. That's the next thing. Have a plan of action. Uh, find a common ground somewhere. And then from there, you launch into solution mode now. We're going to, let's do this. Uh, so that this doesn't happen again. Let's, let's start off by, uh, we maybe have to speak before we start to work on that. And then after that, we can evaluate where we're at so that we don't end up with this crisis or this problem again and have some kind of a plan of action so you, you will move in a direction to solve it. Um, I want to talk about a few things um, now, uh, two things. The first thing is um, I want to give a little, uh, two stories. <laughs> I want to give a little um, uh, illustration, two things that actually happened with me. 
uh, administration of assumptions. Uh, one day uh, I was driving down the road and I, will, I drove past a car that was with, with two people in the front seats. And as I drove past them, I noticed that, I mean, the hands were flying and it's like they were very excited. I thought, oh my goodness, these people are having an argument. Oh, I started to pray, oh Lord, please help them. Just help them to resolve it. I rebuke the strife and help them to come to a solution and that they can just solve it amicably. Let them, let them not hurt each other. And anyway, I prayed up a storm all the way down the road. Then we got, I got to the traffic light up ahead and they pulled up next to me. And uh, when they came alongside me, and I was now standing still, so I had more time to see, I saw that they were still going and the hands were flying. And I thought, oh my goodness, all they're praying and they're still fighting. And then I looked a bit more intently, more, more focused at them. And I realized that it, they were talking sign language. And obviously one or both of them were deaf and they were communicating, but they were getting so excited while they were communicating that they were demonstrating a lot with their hands. But there was no argument. I could see that they were not arguing. They were just speaking in sign language. And you know, I had to laugh at myself. And the, immediately when I saw that, I thought, oh, it just shows you. That's what happens when you assume something and you don't have the fact. So that just shows you how off track you can be when you assume. Another thing, speaking of uh, difficult conversations, um, at the time that I uh, made the notes for this uh, talk, uh, I had to have a difficult conversation with someone. And um, I'm telling the story for a reason, uh, because sometimes you might have this difficult conversation with someone and it might you might not get to a point, a point of resolution in the one conversation, but sometimes it takes more than one conversation. And that's why I'm telling the story. So I had this difficult conversation and I used everything I had learned and I got to, we got to the point, it was going well. I got to the point of, well, let's have a plan of action. We've got to move in a direction. And at that point, the person shut off. They didn't want to work with a plan of action to move in a forward direction. For whatever reason it was, it didn't matter. The point is they had shut off. So I, um, I realized in my heart, I realized, you know what? We've covered a lot of ground. I'm just going to stop it there. So I left it at that. Um, and uh, a few days later, after pondering on the conversation that we did have, and prayerfully, you know, um, uh, deciding what I would do uh, after that, because we never really got to a point of solving the issue. Um, in that whole process of praying and, and uh, meditating on what the what we had spoken about and what the situation was, um, the Lord put it in my heart to have another conversation. So um, I scheduled another conversation with that person, and we went in and had the conversation. But we had already covered a lot of the other ground, but we did then. The door opened for the plan of action and the person was willing to cooperate with the plan of action. They, they understood the purpose of having the plan of action and we were able to resolve that problem. Now, the thing is, it, it took two conversations. So don't get despondent if you do some of the, the things that I've mentioned and it doesn't work completely. It might not all work in the first conversation. Sometimes you need time. You might need a third conversation. If you're dealing with a person, uh, uh, if you're dealing with a difficult person in a difficult conversation, it can take two or three conversations before you actually get to that point of solving the problem. But don't give up. Don't, always, uh, don't give up. Always have the right motive. If your motive stays right, 
You keep your heart right and pure towards that person and you're always looking after the relationship. Then uh, you will have success. <clears throat> so just to do a quick summary um, before um, we finish. Okay, the first thing is you're going to meet privately as soon as possible. Then uh, the next thing is assume good motives. Assume that they have good motives and you have a good motive. Make sure your heart is ready for the conversation. Then when you go into the conversation, you've, you want to validate that person and your relationship with them. Let them uh, feel like they're part of the solution and not part of the problem. Uh, <clears throat> then let them know that you are there to help. You're not there against them. You're on the same team. You want to work with them. Um, after that, you begin to talk about the problem and you're going to be very specific. We're not going to assume or generalize. We're going to be specific about the behavior that, that you're addressing. And then after that, um, the outcome, explain the negative outcome of that action. Clearly, it must have had a negative outcome. If it didn't, then uh, there's no reason to have the conversation. After that, ask them their side of the story. Once they've given you their side of the story, uh, then you will see a different perspective. Then now moving into solution mode, find a point of agreement, at least one, and then have a plan of action to move to solve that problem. I believe uh, these uh, little points will really help you for difficult conversations. I'm giving this video because it worked for me. I've seen it work. And I really believe that um, you will have a greater success in the future handling difficult conversations if you apply these principles. So thank you very much and enjoy the next difficult conversation.